0: With AWB Contract Templates.
1: Thank you for listening to the Font Your Fire podcast. If you are anything like the Font Your Fire team and I, you are all about creating and consuming intentional content. I mean, content that has the power to change the way that you view yourself or change your industry altogether. Well, we want to be intentional about the content we're creating here at Flaunt Your Fire and on the show. So I'm going to encourage you to leave us a rating and written review. And in that review, let us know what you want to hear more of here on the podcast. We take your reviews into consideration with every episode being created don't know how to do that, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to flauntyourfire.com slash rate. Again, that's flauntyourfire.com slash rate. And there you will find pictures and written instructions that give you the technical how to leave us a rating and review no matter what podcast app you're listening from. All right, you know what time it is. It is time to get this show on the road. Template, own your values, and amplify your influence. This is the Flaunt Your Fire podcast where we defy stale marketing advice and own our power. I am your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, India Jackson, and I want to know how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? I took some time today to share with you a couple of insights that I've had just from the break that I'm sure you noticed that I took in 2020 because I realized that I hadn't came back on here since then to just have this intimate conversation with just you and I, and boy do I have quite a few takeaways to share from that time away where I was showing up in other places on other people's podcasts and spending time with our clients. And in particular today, I want to dive into some um, observations about visibility from my perspective of what I have seen showing up with our clients, that I think may inspire you and inform how you approach your visibility. So I want to start with the first one. And that is the idea that working with people that see you can change everything. And when I think about this observation, it brings me to a very specific client and for her, that phrase judgment, is added to that. She had invested in courses. She had invested in service providers before. And she felt from her perspective that some of these things judged her. Some of these people judged her. Or some of the programs just did not feel like they were for her. You know, all visibility investments are not made equal. And some marketing investments might be a roadblocks to being seen. Not just in your grid, but also in how you think and what you believe because when we are investing in things like courses that are telling you how to be you know it can really um or how to do things it can really give you the story that we have to do things a certain way for our brands to be successful or for you know us to have to be a certain way as a leader or the face of our brand and working with our team, you know, and knowing that we held space for whatever it is that she wanted to be or do really opened a lot of doors for her to recognize that the industry that she was in, she didn't want to be in anymore. She wanted to be um in a, in a different role. She really wanted to leverage, you know, her followers and her influence and step out of, you know, having to be in her business in a very demanding way anymore. And there was really a lot of deprogramming that happened with her. Um, A lot of letting go of, you know, the idea of quantity over quality. So really um, allowing herself to be seen and, and being seen by people might not mean it's a quantity of people. But there is quality there. There are people who actually want to get to know you and learn your story and learn more about you and see what you have to offer. And this meant, you know, letting go of some followers for her because, you know, that old quantity over quality concept that she had gotten from some of the courses that she was in, you know, led her to a place where she focused on numbers and had used bots and Instagram pods. Um, which are basically like a, a tactic that people use on Instagram where you have a group of people that all agree that every time someone posts, they'll comment. But here's the thing. Those bots and those pods are not people who are necessarily... Well, number one, they may not be people at all, but, um, (laughs) but on the other side of that, they might not actually be interested in you and what you have to offer or care. And that was important to her was to build a more intimate community. And that just wasn't going to happen with fake followers, bots and pods. So it also looked like realizing the big lesson that in order to flaunt her fire, she did need to work with people who actually saw her and did not judge her and what she was trying to do. And it also meant shedding, you know, old stories. And you know, the one of the lessons that she learned is that she thrives in working one-on-one and getting one-on-one support. Those online courses and group programs really um didn't allow her to excavate the why behind what she wanted to do and really ask her some of the challenging questions that we do ask our clients um, just to make sure that the roadmap that we're creating is really taking them where they want to go and in the process of working with us you know she found a way to begin to shine her light um, not the light that we told her she needed to have or how people in her industry need to do things, but really learning to slow down, sleep on decisions overnight, because opportunities were coming to her left and right, and really just being able to kind of sleep on that and know that they would still be there tomorrow to make sure that she had time to assess where these opportunities align with her values. Learning how to trust her intuition on those answers again and learning to say no to opportunities sometimes so that she could say hell yes to the ones that felt most aligned and trusting and seeing firsthand that there were always more opportunities. She found herself with several sponsorships that... You know, had some really, really great products and services that they were bringing her way, complimentary. She also found herself with some partnership deals. And most of all, she found herself with a new business model that suited the lifestyle that she always wanted to have, a business model that felt like home for her because it provided ease. Okay, number two is really looking at the idea that there are many ways to grow your business, even if you're not hearing some of these ways from the biggest names in the industry. There are many ways to grow your business. And when I think about one of our clients in particular, you know, we were able to guide her from the story of thinking that if she didn't have something unique, or individual, or trendy, or on board with some of the ways that you know, all the other businesses tell you have to do in order to share that she didn't need to share anything. And that idea can be a bit tricky because it can lead us to a place where we're constantly coming up with new programs, new services, new new, new shiny object syndrome. We're looking around and doing all of these things and we're missing out on the offers that we always had that are actually freaking amazing and that people love, but we just aren't sharing it enough for them to know about it. Or on the flip side, we are sharing it, but recognizing that it takes sometimes like three months, a quarter of sharing something consistently before we actually see the sales roll through on that. And one of the beautiful things that I am so happy happened with this client in particular is that she found that it was really important for her to work with someone who could reflect back to her the important things about her business that were working really well, as well as the personal strengths that she had, the personal stories that she had that strangers just don't know about her brand. And part of that included her brand values. Part of that included her prior career experience. Part of that looked at taking um, some of the offers that were actually really great and just figuring out how to repackage them in a way that had more ease in how she showed up. One of the funny things about this client is on the other side of working with her, Um, She found herself actually delivering less to clients, but charging more money. Um, Really, like, (laughs) if she's listening to this episode, she's going to laugh, but I'm sure she will tell you herself that she found that she was over delivering. And we were able to point that out to her that, um, you know, sometimes delivering more is not the best thing because it can leave people feeling a bit overwhelmed. And on her side, it was leaving her feeling a little burned out. Like her services are amazing. They are absolutely great. So maybe even making them a little bit more bite size, yet maintaining her pricing left her and her clients walking away happier and feeling more fulfilled at the end of their engagement. And it actually left her feeling like she had a business that felt fulfilling for her to show up for And she had one of her highest revenue-producing years. But in the thick of it, it can be hard to see that, right? Because, you know, the stories that we always have to make new things and we have to have shiny new offers and this and that. Or we can believe that we've shared something so much that people are just tired of hearing about it. And reality is they're not hearing it as much as you think they are. And also, you know, um, the offers you already have. Sometimes it's better to take a look at those and ask yourself, how can we make those better instead of creating something new? And you'd be surprised. Many times making them better is actually taking some things off of them, not piling more things on. Okay, so number three is the observation that we must leverage a platform that we own. And when I think about a client in particular... I am so grateful, and I know that they are too, that they decided to work with us this year because one of the things that we noticed happening in their industry, and they had fallen victim to this too, is pouring all of yourself into one platform. And I can shout from the rooftops, give me the megaphone. I will say, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, But hearing that, and knowing that and actually doing something about that are three different things. And it was super important in their industry, um, in particular the apparel industry, to apply that this year. Because apparel industries took a major hit, um, specifically when we think about the in-person component. If you had a retail store, your retail store might have had to close its doors. So you could have had all the sales rolling in at your beautiful brick and mortar store, But hey, you know, the Rona happened, and you might have had to close shop, so what now? You know, in this client's case, and a lot of their competitors' case, it was selling through festivals and in-person events. And that's an amazing way to sell because, you know, you're not having to maintain the staff and the expenses of a brick-and-mortar storefront. But the downside of that is when in-person events get canceled, Now, you know, you don't have the same exposure and sales opportunity that you once had. Also, this client in particular, a large part of how them and their competitors were being able to receive business was Instagram. And 2020 just had so many shifts on Instagram as far as its algorithm, its offerings, and new things that they were rolling out. One of the biggest ones is that um, shoppable Instagram had been out for a while, but the algorithm kind of shifted to where people who were using shoppable Instagram found themselves getting like zero visibility compared to what they used to get on their post. And the challenge of that is it kind of like indirectly forced people to pay for ads that previously didn't need to pay for ads. And leading up to that, um, well, this was leading up to uh, Instagram rolling out a whole new way to shop, which was shopping through Instagram, meaning you never leave the platform to that different brands storefront. You actually buy through Instagram and you can like add in things from like multiple stores into your cart and stuff like that and just shop through Instagram, Um, (laughs) which is a little bit different. I know that probably sounds confusing if you got questions about that. Leave it in the rating reviews and I'll make another episode about it. But long story short, um, when they rolled that out, it left businesses like my client in a place where, you know, whoa, like you could go from getting a hundred comments per post to like three. I mean, that's how extreme the change was because Instagram was really trying to force you into using these additional services. And if you're listening, you're like, well, why just use the additional service? Why not? Well, <laughs> if you're already investing in Instagram ads and Instagram rolls out this new service, this the service is not free. They take a cut on the back end of every sale. So now you're paying for advertising just to get your offers or your products seen by other people or your clothes seen by other people, your shoes seen by other people, and they're going to take a cut off of every sale. Come on now, Instagram. Come on. So. Needless to say, we must leverage a platform that we actually own, and we must leverage the platforms we already had to get people onto the platform that we already own. So with this client, I am so grateful that we were able to really diversify where they were showing up, re-ramp their email newsletter in a way that allowed them to have consistent content going out in the newsletter that was providing value to their readers so that they were excited to open those emails instead of filling out was just another, like, what I see a lot of apparel brands do, which is every email is, we have this new shirt or we have these new sneakers. Buy our stuff. Like, "Mm," you're going to get unsubscribed really fast like that. So they were able to get more content, content that provide value, content excited Their email subscribers and content that they didn't have to create everything themselves because we leveraged the followers and the people in their network that they already had that had stories they wanted to tell and tips and tricks that they wanted to share. And they were able to do that through the newsletter, providing that value. And it was a win win because they also got a link back to their services that. Obviously, this apparel brand didn't offer. (laughs) So there's a beautiful thing when we can take the time to really look at our business holistically, right? And decide to, number one, make sure that one of our main platforms is a place that we have control over because we own it. And number two, looking at all of the pieces in the business working together in sync to ensure a natural flow from hello to purchase to keeping the conversation going after the purchase so that way someone feels like they're a part of your community. If you're listening to this one and you're like, hey, I don't have a, a product-based business, I will just tell you it applies to service-based businesses too, boo. Make sure that you're getting people off of social media and onto your newsletter, or into your podcast, because that is something that you do have more control over the visibility on. All right. So the next one is is explicit values can power your brand. What do I mean by that? We have this amazing lovely client that is all about like changing the world through their apparel and the cool thing is that their brand is really creating and changing their industry, but nobody knows that if you're not saying it. So Everybody loved how colorful their products are, how fun their products are, how it really does like change the way that you think about the particular type of garment that they have. But they had never talked about the fact that their brand was sustainable, that their brand was committed to being eco-friendly. And the reason that they hadn't been explicit about that value is because they felt like they're not there yet. Them and their team still have work to do to be more sustainable, to be more eco-friendly. I wish you could see me doing the air quotes over here, there yet. We all have more work to do in the changes that we want to see in the world. But the key thing is to share that because in sharing that, you open up the conversation for more people to be attracted to your brand that want to support what you're doing. And also you open up the ability to continue to support the changes you want to see by allowing other people to see how you're living through that. You can inspire them to make some of their own changes within how they live their day-to-day life or within how they run their business and their brand to be, in this case, more sustainable. And so the beauty of working with this client is when they started working with us, it was not obvious that they were eco-brand at all. They never talked about it. Um, The name of the business did not incorporate the the word eco, they were going off of an abbreviated name. Um, So in their mind, they knew that but the outside looking in would have no idea, right? You know, we all have these things like we know that it's obvious but um, the public doesn't. <laughs> and it's it's hard to see that when it's your own business. Um, so we we're able to help them shift into beginning to use their name spelled out, which incorporates the word eco, um, beginning to really shift the conversations happening on their Instagram account and in their newsletter and on their website and on their blog post to reflect the eco efforts that they were making and to take you behind the curtain as to how they produce their products because you know that's for another podcast but it's important that when you're saying that you're doing something to really show the people how that's happening and as a result this brand found themselves um, a great example actually is they were giving away reusable straws as a part of their um, email newsletter And they found themselves in a position where the new people they attracted to the brand were so happy at the fact that they were being eco-friendly and they're one of the only eco-friendly brands I've ever seen that has fashionable clothing that is not like a minimalist style or the stereotype of like being all cotton and neutral colors. Um that the new people they attracted, they didn't even want the reusable straw. They signed up for the newsletter just because they wanted to be a part of what was happening, which is such a beautiful thing to have people to want to support you and they don't even want your free stuff. They're like, can I just give you some money? (laughs) Um, And they were able to see some of their highest numbers that they had seen in their business. All right, and the last one is that results happen when we show up and keep showing up. And when I think about this observation, one of the first examples that comes to mind is Erica Corday. I mean, she really did show up and keep showing up. And, you know, I think that sometimes we can feel like that means that we need to say something new all the time or we need to uh, have something sparkly or... (laughs) you know, if something's going on, right, and we need a break, that we take a full break from showing up. And I just want to debunk all of those things. Um, You know, if you follow Erica, if you're over on Pause in the Play podcast, you've seen her be incredibly consistent. And I really take a step back and think about you know, the Erica that I knew many years ago that did not like social media and thought that there was no real purpose to it, could not see the return on investment for it, or thought that she needed to be influencer-like in order to, or as might say, influencer-ish in order to be on social media. And the truth of the matter is, none of that is true. And I am so glad that she has stuck with showing up and continuing to show up. And what you'll notice about her, one of the things that she and I have in common is we talk about the same things consistently. Like there might be a, a different angle on it or a way that it applies to something going on right now in the moment, which is important to be timely and to make sure that your plan has room to evolve with what's going on in the world in the moment. But at the same time, we're saying the same things. When you think of her, the first thing that comes to mind is imperfect allyship and imperfect action. Erica has been talking about those two things since before the podcast. And she stayed incredibly consistent with continuing to talk about those same two things throughout the course of her business, throughout the course of her visibility, you know, and Really, um, one of the things that you've seen happen that has really allowed her some room to take some pauses as well as me is we've made sure that we're structuring like our highest level content, which in both of our cases is the podcast in a way that can be repurposed in multiple ways. You know, our podcast show notes are written in such a way that. You know, it can inspire captions and inspire newsletter content and so on and so forth without really fully feeling like um, you got the exact same thing from listening to the podcast. And that's important because, you know, you need to be able to hand things over when things get busy. But I'm going to say you need to be able to just hand things over to a team, you know, really look at your strengths and what you're good at and. I'm going to say one of the things that stands out to me about Erica's success and her results, um, as well as my own, is really getting honest with self and saying, what is your zone of genius? And allowing yourself to get support in the places that are not your zone of genius. Um, As Run Like Clockworks book and um, accelerator program would call it your queen bee role role. What is your queen bee role? What is the one thing that the entire business that you've built depends on and anything else that you as the leader, the owner of your business that is doing, that is not attached to that thing, if it begins to take up too much of your time and effort is actually hurting the entire purpose of your business. (laughs) And so I will say that both Erica and I, more than ever before, handed more things over to team. And some of that has been my team in particular. Some of that has been working with um, outside support as well in our businesses and using more software. But the ultimate piece of that puzzle is really looking at how can you leverage your visibility? How can your visibility strategy be done in a way that allows you to show up and keep showing up no matter what life throws at you? No matter, in her case, you know, um, having a, a very successful year in business and finding herself, you know, massively increasing her followers from under 600 to over 3k in like less than 30 days, being on some major podcasts by invite, um, not even necessarily from pitching and really having one of the best revenue years yet. All right. I gave you quite a bit to consider here. In this episode, and I also anchored that in some real examples from our Flaunt Your Fire clients of what these big observations can look like in practice and what they can look like in the real world, so to speak. And I don't want to just leave you there. So (laughs) I think as we begin to kind of come to the end of this episode, I want to remind you that how you feel, the people that you choose to follow, the platform that you choose to use, and your ability to feel like you can show up as yourself in front of those people, in front of that platform, will affect your ability to show up at all. And it will also Shift and affect the delivery of your message. This is a big takeaway to have. And I I really want to to bring that in because I I think it's an important thing that just kind of ties in everything together that I was talking about here. Each one of those client examples, each one of those observations, we really did take a chance on putting ourselves out there with the client and really getting to know them and hoping that they would open up to us to be able to share how they feel, to be able to really dig deeper into who they follow and do they need to be following those people and looking at the platforms and really taking a deeper dive into why they show up in some places, but not in others and what makes them feel uncomfortable and why are they uncomfortable about it? And all of this informed the entire conversation that I had here today. And if you've been listening and you really would like some support and being able to kind of lay these things out for yourself in a way that makes sense, in a way that feels good for you and a way that is going to really support your brand visibility goals. I'm going to encourage you to head on over to flauntyourfire.com. There you will find an option to book a discovery call and your discovery call with my team or I is a great opportunity to connect with each other and discover if we're a great fit to work together to narrow down what are your goals and to lay out your plan of action on how we can work together on achieving them or refer you to a more aligned fit. It's a great way to discover the next best step for you and your brand. Again, you can head on over to fontyourfire.com to book your discovery call. I want to thank you for being here with me today, for listening to the podcast and for just showing so much love. You are appreciated. And I can't wait to talk to you on the next episode.
0: Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?